Our scripture reading this morning is from the book of Ephesians chapter 5. If you have a Bible, please turn there with me to Ephesians 5 verses 25 through 33. If you don't have a Bible, we do have some in the foyer that you are welcome to pick up and take home with you. So again, Ephesians 5, 25 through 33. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. But we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Amen. Before most people get married, they have a shopping list. They have a list of characteristics that they want to find in a spouse, and they hope that they can find someone who would check off all of the boxes. She's got to be beautiful. She must be tall. She must love the Patriots. I could not be married to a Giants fan after all. She must love hunting, and she must love dogs. Or... He's got to have a good-paying job. He can't have too many crazy relatives. He must be able to carry on a conversation for more than five minutes without looking at his watch. He's got to love to travel, and he must love cats. These are some of the shopping lists that people carry around with them before they get married. Obviously, some of these things are more important than others, but if you want to get married someday, let me encourage you to have Two things at the top of your list. First, if you are a Christian and want to be married, you should want to marry a Christian. If you love Jesus more than anything else, it only makes sense that you should want to marry someone who also loves Jesus more than anything else. And second, if you want to get married, marry someone who can be your best friend. Some people might be surprised that a best friend should be something that you look for in a marriage spouse. Such people might say, well, I'm looking for a lover. If I happen to find someone who becomes my friend also, that's a nice bonus. But what really is important to me is just finding someone to love me. But I'd like for us to read out loud from some love poetry in Song of Solomon chapter 5 and verse 16. Let's read this verse together out loud. His mouth is most sweet and he is altogether desirable. This is my beloved, and this is my friend. So not only was this wife's husband a good kisser, not only was he handsome and desirable, and not only was he her lover, what else was he? He was her friend as well. Yes, your spouse needs to be your lover. You need to be able to Look in your spouse's eyes and find love reflected back to you. But you also need to be able to find a friend in your spouse. 
You need to be able to stand side by side with your spouse and look out on the world and have a common destination that you are traveling toward. You need to go somewhere as friends together. Ephesians chapter 5 says that the common destination that Christian friends and spouses head toward is the destination of being a new creation in Christ. This is the mission of marriage. This is what marriage is for. We are all of us to become a new creation in Christ. So I'd like for us to read from Ephesians 5 today and see how God specifically intends for husbands to be used in reaching this destination of being a new creation in Christ. A Christian husband, first of all, makes his wife a new creation through sacrificial love. What's the command that Paul gives to husbands in verse 25? Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Jesus sacrificed himself for his bride, the church, by dying on the cross for her sins. Now, obviously, only Jesus could die for our sins. A husband then cannot die for his wife's sins. But every Christian husband can and should make sacrifices of love for his wife. Every Christian husband is to be a representative of Jesus to his wife and to love his wife like Jesus loves his wife. Now, in some ways, this is a surprising command for husbands in light of what Paul writes in verse 23. And so if you brought your Bible here today, and I hope you did, look with me at verse 23 and what Paul writes there. He says, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. Now, I don't have to tell you that our culture rejects any, uh, any thought that a husband could be the head of his wife. And I understand why our culture rejects such a statement. In recent years, through the Me Too movement, we have heard of many stories of men sexually abusing women and men using their authority to hurt and to harm women. It is completely understandable, then, why there would be a backlash by women against men in any kind of authority role. I get it. But since the Bible is the Word of God, we do have to take what it says seriously. And Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 23 says that Christ is the head of the church. Christ is the authority over the church. And does Jesus today still have authority over the church? Yes, he does. So does Jesus today, in some sense then, still intend for husbands to have authority over their wives? Yes, he does. Well, in what sense, though, is the husband the head of the wife? How can we say that today? Well, notice what Paul does not command in verse 25. What does he not say? Paul does not say, Husbands, you are the head of your wives, so exercise your headship, use your authority, take control, tell your wife what to do. That's not at all what Paul says. 
What does Paul command? Love your wife. That's the command for every husband. Love your wife, just like Jesus loves his wife. Love her sacrificially. This is the authority that God has given to husbands over their wives. He has given husbands the authority to love their wives as servant leaders. Husbands are there to serve. That's their role within the marriage. They lead through their service. I think if you loved your wife in this sacrificial way, your wife would not have a problem calling you the head of the house. A young husband went with his wife to their pastor one day because their marriage was troubled. The husband was confused as to why he was struggling so much in his marriage since he believed in what we read here in Ephesians 5, that he should be the head of the house. And so he couldn't understand why his marriage was so troubled. And so the pastor asked him to describe how he exercised his biblical leadership in the home. And so here's what the husband said. If I come home from work and I'm trying to relax by watching TV or by reading something, my wife might ask me for some help with something in the kitchen or with our young preschool children. Well, to make sure that we both know who is the head of the house, I flip a coin in my mind. If it comes up heads, I will help. If it comes up tails, I will not help. That way, there is no question about who is in charge. Church, can you understand why this marriage was struggling? Can you see why they suffered together? This is not being the head of your house. This is just pure selfishness. This is a husband who is unwilling to sacrifice anything for the good of his wife. There is one way especially that I have seen Christian husbands unwilling to sacrifice for the sake of their wives. And that is husbands who are unwilling to sacrifice in making difficult decisions or doing difficult things on behalf of their wife. A wife will come to her husband with some kind of challenge in the family or within the marriage. Perhaps it's something to do with the children or with the finances or with some other problem in the home. She will be looking to her husband for leadership. But the husband will not lead. Instead, he will become completely passive. He will say to his wife, I don't know. You decide. You deal with it. Too many husbands are not willing to sacrifice the time and the energy that it takes to make a good decision for the sake of the home. They're not willing to work on these challenges together until a good solution can be found. They are just passive. And they leave their wives with burdens that are too heavy for the wife to carry on her own. Husbands, being the head of the house does not mean that you abdicate your responsibility. It means to make the sacrifices of time and effort because you love your wife just like Jesus loves the church. A Christian husband makes his wife a new creation through sacrificial love. 
And secondly, a Christian husband makes his wife a new creation through sanctifying her. In verses 26 and 27, we see the destination that God wants Christian husbands and wives as lovers and friends to go together toward. It is also the destination that all of us as friends in this church are are headed toward, whether we are single or married. We read in verses 26 and 27 that Christ gave himself up for the church, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she may be holy and without blemish. So where are we going in marriage? What is the mission? What is marriage for? The goal of marriage is that we might be the new creation that Jesus intended for us to be. And the destination that we are headed toward is before the throne of God at the wedding feast of Jesus and his church. Jesus is going to present his bride to himself at that time, at the end of time in heaven. And what will this bride look like at that time? Verse 27 says that the bride will be presented in splendor. She is going to be so beautiful that she will take your breath away. She will be fit to be a queen. The church is going to be so beautiful because Jesus has sanctified her. The word sanctify means to be made holy, to be set apart for God and for God's service. Jesus has already made us holy by dying on the cross for our sins and giving to us the gift of his righteousness. And Jesus has not only made us holy in the past by what he has done on the cross, Jesus is also making us holy today in the present. He's in the process of sanctifying us now by removing from us all spiritual stains, flaws, sins, and blemishes. He is working to make us holy, glorious, and blameless. Husbands, as representatives of Jesus to your wife, Part of your responsibility, then, is to be involved in the sanctification process of your wife. Because of you, husbands, your wife is supposed to be looking more and more beautiful in the sight of God. As your wife's friend, you are responsible for her beauty treatments. You are the one who is to make her more beautiful so that she becomes as beautiful as possible. How beautiful is she to be? Ezekiel chapter 16 and verse 14 describes the beauty that God gave to his bride, Israel. I believe that this is the same beauty that Jesus is giving to his church. Let's read out loud from Ezekiel 16, 14 about what God has done for his bride. And your renown went forth among the nations because of your beauty, for it was perfect through the splendor that I had bestowed on you, declares the Lord God. The bride of Christ 
will be perfect in her beauty. She will be radiant. That's the goal that we are headed toward. I am grateful that I see so many husbands here at Hope who are doing their job and helping their wives to become more and more beautiful each day. They're becoming more beautiful in holiness with each passing year. But in order to help our husbands with their responsibilities, let me ask you today a series of questions. Husband, when is the last time that you told your wife that she is beautiful? If you can't remember, you have your assignment for today. That's what you need to do today. And husbands, have you told your wives lately where you have seen her growing in holiness? And husbands, have you in recent days pointed out to her the fruit of the Spirit that you see growing in her so that you see her beauty in that fruit being produced? Don't be like the husband who out of insecurity constantly puts his wife down so that he might raise himself up. A husband who is the head of his wife should not have a wife who feels worthless, degraded, or incapable of doing anything. Rather, a husband who loves his wife as Jesus loves the church will have a wife who says things like this. My husband tells me that I am beautiful. My husband says that I have great value in the eyes of God. And my husband loves me very much. And his love for me gives me confidence that I can do anything through Christ. This is what a beautiful wife looks like when her husband helps to sanctify her and make her a new creation. Now, according to Ephesians chapter 5, what is one indispensable tool that God uses to make us more beautiful? Verse 26 says that Jesus cleansed his bride by the washing of water with the word. Now, what is that word that God uses to make us more beautiful? It is indeed the word of God. In the word of God, we hear the gospel which makes us beautiful as we realize that we are forgiven in Christ. But we also read in the Word other things that make us more like Christ. So husbands, let me ask you, how important is the Bible in making your wife the beautiful person that she is to become? It's extremely important. So is the Bible being read in your home? And just as important, husbands, are you living out the Bible as you live in your home? And are you praying the Bible over your wife? Are you praying what Paul prays for the church here in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3? Are you praying those things over your wife? And are you praying what Jesus taught the church to pray in Matthew chapter 6? Are you praying that prayer, the Lord's Prayer, for your wife. Now, some of you husbands might be thinking to yourself, Pastor, this sounds like a lot of work. All this Bible reading, all this praying over my wife. 
What's in it for me if I do these things? You know what's in it for you, husband? You get a more beautiful wife. Is that a good thing? To have a wife who is more beautiful? Would any of you husbands object to having a more beautiful wife? I wouldn't. I would think that would be a great thing. And I think your wife would also think it would be a great thing. Husbands, here is what you should be doing then on a regular basis. You should be looking at your wife and getting a glimpse of the glory that God is producing in her. You should be getting a glimpse of what God is creating her to be and saying to yourself and to her, I see what God is making you, and it excites me. I'm excited to see what God is going to do in you in creating you into his image. Get excited then, husbands, about being part of the process of liberating the new creation that is found in your wife. Be committed to your wife's holiness. Be committed to her beauty. This morning, I brought a picture of a famous statue. So, who is this guy? Do you know who he is? This is uh, King David from the Old Testament. And do you know who sculpted him? Do you know who sculpted this guy? This was uh, Michelangelo's work, okay? And so one day, Michelangelo was asked how he carved such a beautiful statue of David. And here was his reply. I looked inside the marble, and I just took away the bits that weren't David. So husbands, that is what you are to be looking for as you look at your wife. Not so that you can create the kind of wife that you want. That's not the goal. The goal is for your wife to become who Jesus wants. That's who your wife is to be. And that's who she will be if you are at work in the process of sanctifying her through Christ. You need to be looking to see the beautiful person that Jesus is creating your wife to be for his glory and for your wife's good and even for your good. Finally, a Christian husband makes his wife a new creation through making his marriage his supreme priority. Beginning in verse 28, Paul gives another answer to the husband who's asking himself, what's in it for me if I do all of this work in the sanctification process? We read in verses 28 through 30, in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. So what does Paul call the wife in this passage? She is the body of her husband, just like the church is the body of Christ, and is that tightly connected tightly unified to his bride in the same way the husband's body is the wife. They are that tightly connected, that tightly unified. That's how we are to see one another. So we in the church are that united to Christ, and we as husbands are that united to our wives. 
So here is my question for you. If the wife is the body of her husband, how much of a priority will the husband put on his marriage and in taking care of his bride? Think of it this way. Have you ever heard someone who recently became very ill who said something like this? If you don't have your health, you don't have anything. What was that person saying? The sick person was saying, you could have all kinds of money, but if you're not healthy, you can't enjoy that money. You could have a beautiful family, but if you're not healthy, you can't enjoy your family. You can't spend time with them because you don't have the energy for it. And so what we are saying here is that your health needs to be a high priority in your life. If your health is not a great priority, then the rest of your life is going to be out of control. And the same thing is true with regard to marriage. If your marriage is not good, then nothing else in your life is likely to be good either. That's the power of marriage. Once you get married, then your marriage has to take priority. Your marriage has to be more important than your work. It has to be more important than your hobbies. It has to be even more important than your children. It has to be your highest priority because it has the power to set the course of your life as a whole. Now, the key to making your marriage the highest priority is to have a spouse who is not just your lover, but is also your friend. The key is to have a spouse who's going in the same direction that you are going as a friend of yours. The key is to have a spouse who wants what you want, who wants to be holy like you want to be holy. At the end of Ephesians chapter 5, we see that a spouse is also to be a, a friend and not just a lover. In verse 33, Paul commands husbands, let each one of you love his wife as himself. This command sounds very similar to the command that Jesus said is the second most important commandment in the entire Bible. Love your neighbor as yourself. Husbands then are to love their wives, not just as lovers, but as neighbors and friends. And what is the benefit of a husband making a priority of his marriage and, and loving his wife as a friend? Since he is so united to his wife, such that his wife is his own body, anything that a husband does to benefit his, his wife also benefits him. So if a husband helps his wife to become more beautiful in the sanctification process, who else grows to be more like Jesus in the working out of that process? The husband does, because he is so intimately connected to his wife. <clears throat> when I was in seminary studying the Bible, one of my professors asked an interesting question one day. What do you think is the one thing that God has used above everything else in my own sanctification process? What is the one thing that God has used to make me holy? 
more than anything else? Well, since we were studying the Bible in school, I thought the answer might be the Bible, or perhaps it was the Holy Spirit that God used to make him more holy. And certainly, I'm sure that God used the Scripture and God used the Holy Spirit to help this professor to become more holy. But that was not his answer. He said that the number one thing that God had used to sanctify him was his marriage. Now, at that time, I did not understand his answer. I was a single man at the time. I had a lot to learn about marriage. And God has helped me to learn much about marriage through my own marriage to Wendy. Wendy has been like Michelangelo to me. God has used Wendy to sculpt me. And so she will look at me and say, there's a piece of selfishness that needs to go. And she will hammer away, and it needs to go. And not only will she do that, there are also prayers of faith that my wife prays. She is a woman of prayer. And because of her prayers of faith, my own faith has grown stronger. And then also, as I think about my wife, she will look at me and she will see some holes in me that need to be filled in. And so she will give to me the joy and the love that she has to fill in some holes in my life so that I might look more like Jesus Christ. Church, Jesus has a destination in mind for every single one of us. And that destination is that we would be the new creation that Christ has made us to be. It's a glorious destination that Jesus has for each one of us. Jesus began the work of new creation in us by dying for our sins on the cross. But what else does Jesus use to sanctify us and and make us holy? He uses our Christian friends. And some of those Christian friends are our spouses. Jesus has thought of everything to make us more like himself. Let us do then what friends do. Let's journey together toward heaven and toward Jesus with the friends that Jesus has given us so that we might become the new creation he wants us to be. Let's pray together. Lord, how grateful we are that you have a destination in mind for each one of us. You want us to be the new creation that you have created us to be. You want us to look like you, for there is no one better that we could be like than you. And so I pray for each person here that you will give them joy as they look forward to heaven, joy as they look forward to becoming more and more like Christ each day. And I pray for each husband and wife who is here today, empower them and strengthen them to do the work of sanctifying their spouses, making them more like Jesus Christ. In your name we pray, amen.